Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. Remember to use the promo code DNVR25. You'll get 25% off your entire purchase of that CBD infused, deliciously rich, and potentially life altering Strava Craft Coffee. I'm your host, Drew Creaseman. I'm the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. With me, as always, is beat writer Patrick Lyons. And on this one, uh, we wrap up a whole lot of stuff. We're wrapping up the series, we're wrapping up the road trip. We'll have some final thoughts on the trade deadline, though, obviously, as you all well know, nothing happened, and we mostly hashed all of that out, but still, we'll put a bow on everything. Again, it's what we're doing today. We're wrapping everything up. We're going to start here with this four-game set uh, against the San Diego Padres that the Rockies do manage to split, and and really, again, the bigger picture there that somehow, despite today's awful loss, that, that basically, as soon as Austin Gomber gave up, Four runs in the first inning, the ball game was over. Uh, you know, the Rockies bullpen are not going to keep you in a game like that. They're just not. Uh, I give you a chance to make the comeback. But four road wins. We put them at two and a half. <laughs> we put the over-under at two and a half going into this road trip, Patrick. Uh, it, it didn't look pretty, but they were able to best that and 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 comfortably getting four of them had a chance at at a few others even. Obviously, the best they've looked on the road all season. The bar was set pretty low there, but uh, they will – well, at, at worst now, I guess, with 13 road wins, they can only tie but not have sole ownership of the worst ever road record in baseball. But there's two months to play. I think I think you can comfortably – well, no, no, don't say it out loud. Actually, don't, don't – they could go over on the road the rest of the year. So I will I will stop that sentence and throw it to my partner and simply say, Patrick, they, they played much better baseball on the road. They played very competitive baseball all yeah. week long besides a game here or there where they, they kind of got blown out. Yeah. But nevertheless, they will not have the worst road record. They may still be one of the worst road teams of all time, but they won't have the worst road record of all time. So let's go. Uh, yeah. So we had a couple couple caveats in there. And we'll, we'll figure it out when, when we get there. But I love the idea of the Rockies as spoilers. Uh, and I know that can be a bit uh, trite at times. And, and some people, you know, don't, don't like that tag. And obviously you want to, play your best regardless of who you're 
against and how late in the season it is and how much of a transition year it is and, and how you might not be really competing for just about anything. But I feel like it's really, it's really sweet. It's not bittersweet. It's just sweet. The season might be bittersweet. Sure. But this series and what they've been able to do to the Padres has been sweet because the way the Padres came into Coors Field in 2019 in the middle of June and that four game set that was back and forth and they scored 60 right. some runs, 140 right. hits. I, I forget exactly what the numbers were. I remember being at the stadium until mm -hmm. the sun went down because yeah, there was so much. And just thinking, no, absolutely. This is a simulation. This is a simulation. Ray Davis, the Matrix. I'm going to reboot. Blowing this. everything. This happening. This isn't real. I re I remember that so vividly. It was bad. Buddy slamming the door, you know, <laughs> in, in, in the press room. It's the only time Anytime. he's ever showed any emotion of, of any kind. And that was the end. And that's, you know, there's a whole conversation to have about what the Rockies have been as an organization or what they've put on the field since then, or their win loss record, but the Padres totally derailed and they yeah. didn't close the Rockies window, but you go back and you look and go, well, okay. 2019, they didn't make the playoffs. They weren't very good after that point in 2020, they kind of were pretenders for the first couple of weeks and look at what their record is. And, Arenado gets traded. We see what they are now. But at that time, the Rockies window was still open. They still had consecutive postseasons. They weren't in a bad spot. Right. But after that series, 100%. it was kind of over. And for the Rockies to now to be returning the favor, I don't think the you know Padres season is over by any stretch of the imagination. But it is keeping them out from first place in the West against the Giants. We're seeing the Reds now playing really hot. They did incredibly well against the Mets. And you go, well, maybe the Reds can somehow sneak up and get that final wild card spot from the Padres. And again, that's something that if you're a Rockies fan, is just sweet for you. Yeah. Enjoy yeah. it. If if they end up looking back at either going out in one game in the wild card or actually missing the wild card game and not even going to the postseason with this team, which and and nobody roots for this and this is horrible but just a reminder that one of the first things that happened in this series fernando tatis jr going down and that's really scary what a horrible couple of days of news for padres fans for you, 48 hours ago you thought you were getting max scherzer now he's going to the dodgers along with trey turner oh and fernando tatis jr is hurt and some of these other things are starting to fight and you're losing to the friggin' Rockies. And it's just not where you want to be right now. If you're a Padres fan, which is exactly how it felt. I love that, that you bring up this symmetry and I agree. It was one of those, like anything in life, there's never one reason why something falls apart. Right. And, and, and totally goes the wrong way when there was so much potential there. But I think if you could like pinpoint the five stars of why it, fell apart and you, yeah like biggest one of that star being the poisoning of the relationship with nolan arenado somewhere on there is the undervaluing of dj lemay you you have the abandoning of the pitch and d first uh defense first i made that one word didn't i uh strategy uh by going out and, and getting guys like ian desmond and daniel murphy not fully committing to what the rest of your team was built to do. And then you have these individual moments, not doing anything at the 2019 deadline is definitely on there. And that it was directly precipitated by that series against San Diego, where 
I earnestly believe if they win those games and sweep them the way they should have, the way they were in perfect position to do, the Rockies would have bought at that deadline. Marcus Stroman was a name we know they were in on who was sold that deadline, who could have made a big impact. Remember, he had a couple of years left on that deal. And is that somebody who convinces Nolan? Oh, they do mean it. They are building around me. That was part of the big problem. Look, they got the how many things could have changed. So you're 100% right. Um, but that's also life. You can't go back and undo all those things. It, it's that's <laughs> just the way it went down. But you're right for this here right now to go really sticking it to the San Diego Padres is, has got to feel uh, pretty good. So I don't know how much credit goes to, to Bud Black. Like, again, we're not on the inside. We're not on the inside of the, of the clubhouse. Yeah. No one is, uh, unless you're you're a player on the team, to know how well he pushes those uh, buttons of those players to remind them. But this mm -hmm. is the exact same thing that happened with Milwaukee, where in 2018, Milwaukee goes yeah. and uh, maybe embarrasses is too far of a stretch, but, you know, sweeps, sweeps the Rockies, and it's just no competition right there. Knocks them out right away after the, the big wild card win in Chicago. And then Rockies immediately return the favor in, in at the end of 2019 when they've got nothing to play for. And they say, okay, we're going to whoop your butt so that you don't win the NL Central. And then they get knocked out in the wild card game by the Nationals. And so, same thing in 2019. The Padres were on the come, uh, were on the come up somewhat, uh, but, but they yeah. were nowhere near a postseason. In, Appearance the the Rockies I think going into that series I think they still had uh, control of one of the two wild cards if yeah. I'm not mistaken so they, yeah. they were obviously there yeah and so I I would uh, I would need to take a step back and think who in the last two seasons have really uh, gotten under the Rockies skin and really you know messed with them I have to look at the standings at different points who who was it last year in 2020 that maybe helped derail the Rockies season oh, because you know Bud Black knows last year was Bud so Black knows, knows, right? knows that. And uh, and that team will uh will, will have their comeuppance in no time yeah. soon, right? Uh, it Sometime was, soon. I I love this theory too because it was a great series for Buddy. He had the, the moment I think of the series with Armand Marquez with the bases loaded in the sixth, and that one uh, you know about to to slip away from him, and he basically went out there lit a fire under Marquez lit a fire under the home plate umpire and ended up earning a call on a pitch that was not a strike to to end that inning for a, for a strikeout and <laughs> because so many calls have been going the other way he was very demonstrative about it he was but he was making a point for everybody and it really like it doesn't always work out that way when you do that as a manager there's a chance you 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 make that much of a of a thing in a big moment like that. And then a guy pipes one and grand slam and goes completely the other way, you know, oops. But he responded well. And, and that, that right there is a reminder of what the Rockies have to play for in the second half. Maybe, maybe let me rephrase that. The Rockies don't have anything to play for in the second half, but each player on that team or each right. even unit, right? Each, you might even look and just say, Hey, the guys up the middle, Rogers and 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 story, or even if if there's a different kind of combination between second and shortstop, whatever it is, the the outfield trio That's or the right bullpen, yeah. Yeah. each of those individual guys or individual groups, if you will, have a lot to play for. Buddy has a lot to manage for with only yeah. one year left on his deal coming up next season. So you see that, and and even still, he understands like these guys are going to be his living legacy, right? right. Like. Herman Marquez, he might not be around for him next year. I mean, we don't know the future. We just don't know. But what we do know is Herman Marquez 
has a lot more years left in MLB. That's and every, every all the success he has for the rest of his career, to a certain degree, can be attributed to Bud Black. And that's right. that's one of the things Bud Black every day, I'm sure, wakes up and thinks about. He doesn't have to think hard because he's he's one of the best at what he does. He, yeah. And he's like, this guy's going to go on. I want him to go on and win a Cy Young. I want right. him to be a multi-time All-Star, to start in an All-Star game. And so what I do here in the second half in August and in September of a lost season, that might not mean anything to the organization as a, as a whole, it can mean something to this guy. And because of that, it means the world to me. Right. And you saw that there today. Yeah. And, and I just, uh, I love that about him. And and that's one of those things yeah. in sports that I think, cause you know, like you were just saying, and it's, it's not just, it's, it's every team. <clears throat> Anytime you impart wisdom on anybody, there's a chance they could use it to come back and beat you. That's professional sports. They're, they're going to be on the other side one day. That's just how it goes. And so I, I always appreciate people who are just, um, so giving with their consistent yeah and and especially you're right he has a special relationship with these young pitchers and it's really cool to watch in moments like that all right also let's let, let's do this uh, let's tap toast our breck brews on the day tap no there was no tap tap got a little toe thing pack. we haven't seen him a little bit the last couple of days didn't get a mac pack either we didn't get a mac pack at least not in the starting lineup but you can get a tap pack of Breck Brews at your local King Supers or uh, liquor store. You can get a bigger one, of course, down at the DNVR bar for being a member of the family. Highly recommend it. Subscribe today. You'll get access to all the written content. You'll get regular discounts on all kinds of cool stuff from the merch store. You get a free shirt from the DNVR locker. Uh, you, you get to be a part of the coolest community of sports fans anywhere. I said it. I said it, and I'm not taking it back. I saw y'all. I'm I'm riding high last night. We had uh, the grand opening 2.0 uh, down at the DNVR bar. Uh, met so many cool people. Oh, well, hmm. if I start rattling off names, I'm going to feel bad about anybody that I left out. I, uh, if you met Drew, you are cool. Like straight there up. You go. I stood and talked to so many people for, for a really long time about baseball or the bar or DNVR or just life or, or whatever. We got into talking about all kinds of fun and interesting things. And, and some people that have been listening from back in the BSN days and, and like the long timers, man, it's, it, it was wild. So it really was, if, if you ever doubt that, that it's when we're talking about become a member of the family. And I know they say that at like, Olive Garden or whatever. I was gonna say Olive Garden. I was like, are you <laughs> saying Olive Garden? You are saying Olive Garden. <laughs> uh, but uh, but it, they it, don't it, have merchandise, so right. you can't go around with your <laughs> Olive Garden cap or Olive Garden oh, shirt. <laughs> it's uh, if you had been there last night, and if you can get down anytime and come and hang out with everybody, you'll see exactly what we mean. So do become a member of the family today. Uh, and of course, one of the things you know that you get hooked up with if you're a member of the family is all kinds of awesome sponsors. They're giving you deals, including our friend at uh, DraftKings. DraftKings deals basically amount to them giving you free money. Once you've signed up, bet on a couple of things, low dollar amounts. I've basically figured out how to turn the entire thing into at the absolute worst, a zero sum game that makes my enjoyment of sports uh, that much more fun. I didn't need help enjoying sports, but some of the sports that I don't know as well, or maybe I need to get in. It's been phenomenal during the Olympics. You Olympics know? has been huge, right? You're just like, what are they That's supposed to fun. do? Oh, okay. It, it like gives you a baseline for what's good. 
right? And and you know they, if they beat that, then the athlete has done well. And if not, it also gives you an excuse to watch it. Where yeah. if your significant other is like, "Hey, why are you?" I'm like, "Come on, Bobich has got got the big one going on." And I don't know if Yang if Yang Zi is going to get it done. I mean, they're they're one and two, Bobich and Yang Zi. And you're like, right. "How do you know?" Oh, you all right? You're invested in this. Go ahead and watch and. Right. When it's over, then we'll we'll go have some then dinner. We'll but until then, <laughs> I need to watch my Olympics. I got some some money riding on it here on DraftKings. It. It's it's so much fun. So, so do hop on there today. And like I said, they're regularly giving you promotions that amount to free bets on anything and everything you want. Uh, right now, this has got to be their best one of all time. This is just free money. So if you if you've been hesitant, if you've never <laughs> been sure about it, now's the time to get in because you're going to end up with a hundred dollars worth of free credits to do whatever you want with and you can bet small dollar amounts all over the place and kind of get used to it and feel like it's you know low risk because you're going to land on this promo download the top rated DraftKings sportsbook app now use promo code dnvr when you sign up to turn one dollar into a hundred dollars in free credits if america wins a medal that's code dnvr to turn one dollar into $100 in free credits. For a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook, must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right, Patrick, one of the people we've definitely got to be toasting our Breck brews and, and potentially placing some future bets on the DraftKings Sportsbook app recently. I, I think the biggest breath of fresh air stories we've talked about a lot and he continues to be so brendan rogers extends his hit streak to nine games in this one uh was hitting 333 with four homers on the road trip coming into the game and then goes one for three with a walk now hitting 270 on the year but that ops because he's been slugging a little bit more lately especially with blackman he's been hitting well but but not quite as much slugging so the ops of 807 Highest of any starter in the lineup today over Blackman's story. Nice, nice work, especially on the road from Brendan Rodgers. Yeah, and even if you just go back and look at his last seven games, in which we're all on the road, yeah, he has an OPS over 1,000, yeah. right? I think since June 5th, he was tied for the most uh, at when he had that home run yesterday, his, his ninth. I think Diaz then ended up getting one, so now he's, he's back in the lead, but – He's yeah, he's doing absolutely everything you were hoping that he would be. And honestly, I think he's he's doing everything beyond what I would have personally hoped for because you look at the trials and tribulations he's had the last 2 years, it's mainly just been injuries. It's just been you know, just staying healthy and on the field. Maybe some some worry about the numbers that he put up in Albuquerque, you know, they were okay, but nevertheless you go, it's a 22-year-old kid you can kind of look past that a little bit. Not everyone's yeah. going to go out and have a 1200 OPS in the Pacific coast league. So you can look past that and you go, just have some health, get that under your belt, kind of figure it out. It's the same thing with like Ryan McMahon, get some starts. You know, you don't have to be a rookie of the year from the get go. Right. And he's been healthy and you go, that's great. And he's been good at times and that's great. Yeah. And he's been great at times, which is again, beyond anything a lot mm. of fans probably could have hoped for. And it really might signal a very quick changing of the guard. When you think about like, whose team is this? This year yeah. it was, you know, Story and, and, and Blackman's. And very quickly, it could be all 
Brendan Rodgers team. I don't think it's just going to be him. You know, Blackman still has two more years left, one of which is a player op- player's option. Year it's Rodgers and McMahon's team. McMahon is still kind of, you know, trying to figure out where his ceiling is. Um, so that that's where I think it may right. just be Rodgers. But I more likely, yeah. absolutely. I, I think that's that where capacity, McMahon, I, yeah. I think they're a dual headed because Rodgers is going to be, <clears throat> I think you're right. Uh, I was talking to our guy, Adam Maras, at the, at the grand opening last night. And, and he was saying, you know, who's, who's that next guy? He's like, I'm in on top. <laughs> who the hell's on the Rockies? That's what he said. Who, who, who plays for the team again? No, he, he, who he the hell's on the Rockies? Like, <laughs> he, he was saying, you know, do you, do you think one of these guys uh, can become a star? And I, I was saying, I really do still think, and, and I've never wavered from that despite the, the terrible start of it. And you know, it's a long shot to call that anybody's going to be a star in major league baseball when they're a prospect. You, it, it's just, the recognition that the potential is there and the and star then, for a Rockies player, right? Like we know the Rockies have had their fair share of stars, sure, but a lot of other teams haven't necessarily been able to do that. They're like right. these like almost one-off players. And I'm not, not just making disparaging remarks about the, the Rockies. It's just, you can't guarantee, Oh yeah, we've got our next superstar. The Rockies have just been fortunate the way they've been able to develop that one superstar or, you know, bring in Larry Walker and, and he developed because he wasn't an all-star before he was a, a Rocky. Right. So, right. I mean, you, you look at that and you go still, the odds are against Rogers doing what he's doing right now. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's, you know, I, I think he still got every opportunity to max this thing out a whole lot more. And like Goody was saying on our show the other day, I, some of it's, you know, in the stats that you can see and you go, okay, this is so much better. And some of it's just the way the <laughs> certain home runs, when you're hitting laser line drives to right center field off of a really good lefty and, and it's getting out in three and a half seconds and you didn't yeah. really look like you, you came out of your, your swing to get it you know some guys every once in a while they'll go all out and they'll hit a monster jam and you're like all right and the in players blast each san other. diego in yeah. san diego folks the marine layer and so and, and players i've heard players ask each other this in the clubhouse after a game oh i miss those days it's been so long <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, i've heard i've heard players go do you lean on it do you lean do you lean and what they're asking there, right, is basically, did you sell out? Did you go out of what is your normal swing, take a full guess, and try to hit a home run? And for some guys, there's nothing necessarily wrong with doing that. There's actually a cerebral, like sometimes it's a good thing to do. But Brendan Rodgers' home runs on this road trip were not that. It's just his the natural course of his swing. He just took the bat to meet the ball at home run that just, it just, there were two of them, that one in L.A. and one in San Diego that I just, I've been thinking about all week. <laughs> and that, that's almost what, and I love how you describe that too, because that's what you talk about for young players who are hitting a lot of doubles in the minors. And you go, that's okay. Those doubles will turn into home runs. They don't, they're not going to turn right. into 500 foot shots or 475 or 450, right. but they will turn into home runs where, like you said, just gets over the wall. That's all you need. Or even a little bit more so in left center in San Diego. And you go, right. ah, that was that double I saw back in Lancaster when he was 20, 21 years old. And you go, ah, man, I don't know if the power is there. No, that the power is there. That's what produces that kind of a double. Right. And that's the exact same thing that three years later, when you get their big boy strength, it produces home runs like that on the road. Yep. And there's more in there. Uh, speaking Ooh. of the 
as uh, somebody put it, who is it? Brandon here in the comments put it with the mini home run derby. Uh, yeah, for the 9-4 game, uh, but really for this entire road trip. So as he's talking about in that game, McMahon obviously had the big grand slam in the first inning that, uh, you know, so four four runs in the first, Rockies did it first. Uh, but still, uh, yeah, get, that's a big one. And, and we know he'd been uh, gone about a month. I think it was 99 at-bats uh between wow. um, i'm not sure if his plate appearances are at bats so that might be a slightly different number but that would like, be I a good deep dive game. to look like how many yeah. guys what's the most home runs a player has hit in a season just look at rocky's guys and then gone but has gone 99, 99. straight without a homer yeah Ooh, that's gonna be hard to to do and get over like the 20 homer yeah. mark you know so but that goes to show you how good mcmahon was you know that that opening month plus of, of the season. And right. again, that that's one of those things you got to work out. You know, you made it to the majors, you get your starting spot, you're an everyday regular, but you just want to be more consistent where you don't have those kind of slumps. I mean, you know, not, not to rake anyone over the coals, but Noel Arenado in, in, in 2019, if we're, if we're going to go back and talk about that Padre series, you know, him going quiet for, for stretches. Yeah. I think even 2018 too, where yeah. you look and go, Man, if he hadn't, and again, still a big gap between Nolan Arenado and Ryan McMahon. Right. We know this. Right. But still, that's part of why Nolan, when he did come back in 2019, he cleaned it up a little bit. He said, I got I awesome that baby fat, you know, for, funny for a guy in his late 20s to say that, yeah. right? Like I, I dropped about 15 pounds and just taking things more seriously so that I don't go quiet when my team needs me. So that I can, if I can't necessarily throw them on my back, I can still contribute. I can still do a lot of the little things well that end up, you know, end up producing wins for the team. And so, right. you know, that's something that McMahon's going to be working on, you know, this, this entire off season. And for the remainder of this year, it's, there's not very many guys that don't have certain slumps, maybe not the 0 for 99 on the Homer homers, but still the best of the best don't really have those kind of downturns. And that's, yeah. you know, that's something all young guys strive to be and it's it's just it's part of the game sometimes yeah. and you know mcmahon every time there's 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 a flaw every time there's something that he needs to work on you know he goes back and he works on it and it's only going to make him a better player he's still improving uh, and he still has two more years with the rockies and it's going to be exciting with with mac and b-rod yeah and and through all of it you know he's still got a pretty solid shot to sitting in the 260s with but he's going to have a 270 season with 25 homers you know and and obviously we're all hoping for maybe a little more out of there but then you look back on it, and then the stupendous defense at two different positions though it looks like he's pretty locked in at third now as he as he well should be with rogers doing what he's doing and you just go you know what plenty there to build on for mcmahon so uh totally agree on all that uh joe obviously oh would you, you gonna stay on McMahon? well I, I was gonna, gonna throw a quick question first. out at you for something yeah, yeah. maybe this, this is something we think about before and, and and maybe we talk about it on monday's uh live podcast uh august 2nd show there which you can follow live on on youtube on our channel but going forward because we talked a little bit about maybe making second half predictions and stuff uh or, or seeing what happens after the trade deadline if the rockies have a player who gets an mvp vote going to be it's going to be 10th right it's going to be a ninth or 10th oh, sure. kind of right. mvp yeah. vote and you go, yeah. hey so and so yeah. finished Somebody. 23rd yeah. in mvp voting yeah who would you put that money on would you yeah. put it on story would you put it on mcmahon i would i would put it on mcmahon for the simple fact that still even after what he's kind of gone through 
I think for the simple fact of there could be this narrative of, hey, this is the guy who replaced Nolan Arenado. Let's look at his numbers. Again, he's got to get a little hot, right? He's got to have a, a much better final two months of the season. You go, I think it could be him. You know, we see what happened with Story. And even if he goes out and has a, a Story-esque second half, that might not be enough. Uh, voters maybe have already have their minds made up. They, they think what they think about sure, Story. Yeah. But McMahon could go, and if some of it is recency bias, bias and you could maybe say, ah, you know what, that Ryan McMahon, had to fill the, some pretty big shoes. And you know what? Let's look at his numbers. It's pretty pretty darn good. Yeah, I mean, I think he's going to finish really strong. So I yeah. like to see that as well. Do you think he might be? Do you think he might if you, had, if you had to? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't think any of them are. But yeah. If, <laughs> I don't think so yeah. either. But... I mean, but, but yeah, McMahon would, would probably be the guy. Because again, I, yeah. I think he's going to have a pretty big second half. As I've always said, he's, he's streaky. He's, 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 he's slumpy, the ups and the downs. And I think we've probably seen the worst slump of the season. And I think we're in for one of those hot streaks before too long. So we'll see at the homestand coming up with the Cubs and yep. the Marlins or rather <laughs> whoever's left the Cubs, the Cubs <laughs> and the Marlins at <laughs> home. And we know in our August, man, it gets hot, uh, both, uh, temperature wise in the stadium on those plastic seats. And as well as, yeah. uh, in the air with those fly balls for sure. Let it fly. Uh, Connor Joe homering in his hometown, getting his, uh, Love second that one ball. Love that season. You got to love to see that. You love everything. Look, every there, you love everything that Connor Joe does on a baseball field right now. Even if he strikes out with the bases loaded to end the game and, and he could have been the hero and it doesn't work out. You still, you're just happy to see Connor Joe. But of course, when he does the big things also, his, his second biggest moment of the set was him being uh, more excited for Herman Marquez hitting a home run than he was for himself yes. hitting a home run. He was run. the first one there in the dugout. <laughs> Gotta love that. Uh, see, even the comment section lights up for Connor Joe. It's <laughs> he does, man. And you, again, you really, you know, we Goody's our guy, you know, so we, we we want you to go and listen to his podcast, but really do yourself a favor and listen to that Connor you Joe interview. You're going to love him even more. And it's not like, you know, Joe is this personality where, ah, he's so funny. He's so witty. Just a great story, a good guy. You just love to root for him. And you'll just, you'll, you'll learn even more about what he's gone through and on uh, how the Rockies have been with him along for that ride. And as you said, right there in, in SoCal, where he's from, and it's just so, so wonderful. It's great to see him having the success finally, now that everything is, you know, finally starting to align for him. You, you hope it continues. Right. Uh, it, it's just been so much fun. A few other final thoughts on the offense, and then we'll go through pitching real quick and wrap up with the deadline stuff. But and our uh, king of the game, players. and our king of the game, we got to do king of the you game. You got to stick around for that gotta, one because you, you are gonna know. love it. Rockies uh, lose starting pitching, not great. Relief yeah, pitching, so, eh? They get one run. Who's gonna be the king of the game? That's called a teaser. Um. <laughs> However, in the games before, Elias Diaz with another couple of home runs on this road trip, as you can recall, uh, when we were doing sort of second half predictions, you were big on Charlie Blackman having a big second half. He's been great. He is showing out well for you. Uh, lots of hits on this road trip. Um, Back to hitting leadoff too. Yeah, that was fun. That uh, that, that had to be. All fun. right, man. Let's bring it. Let's bring it back. This is almost like. Run it back. Thirty-one twenty-six. It's like Ric Flair, you know, doing one last yeah. run for the yeah. comeback, and you're like, "Yeah, doing the doing the flips, doing the whatever." 
taking it back. Like, absolutely. You, you love to see that did get, he got an RBI the other night too, just kind of doing, you know, leadoff guy stuff and being selfless. (laughs) And, you know, Hey, why not? Like, that's, that's a fun angle. Like, even if you just want to go to the ballpark and say, we might only stay for a couple innings, but Blackman's going to lead off the game and he might hit another leadoff home run. And that's what I, that's what I paid my ticket to see. So much more fun than him batting third, fourth or fifth. So, you know what? Let's do it. Maybe. Why not? Let's do it. Start the game with singing. <laughs> yeah, that too. That's but, it. I mean, Ryan Maltapia for leadoff. But still, no. I mean, 100%. As long as his toe is hurt, I'm with you. Let's run it back. It's so much fun watching Charlie Bat lead off. Um, so, yeah, like I said, he's been doing great. Uh, one of my big predictions was that the catching tandem was offensively going to be much, much better in the second half. Nunez has looked sharper uh, for sure. Still not totally fixed, but he's had a couple of big hits. Obviously, Diaz was the one I was writing some momentum there, but you could just as easily have thought, hey, guy had a hot two weeks. He was terrible. Look, he was terrible. He was awful. For the first month and a half of this season, he might have been the worst qualified hitter in baseball. Like he was providing no power. He was striking out a ton. He was hitting like a buck 30. Right? Diaz, 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 you mean. I thought you were talking about Nunez. I was like, no, wait, Nunez are we? And then I realized. On and then turned into yes, one yes, of yes. the worst qualified hitters. But, yes, I missed that part. Yeah, right. Diaz, you're right. Yeah, they, they were exact opposites. They him. were exact opposites. And really, Diaz was pretty bad for two months. For two months. Maybe and more than Yeah, it was know, bad. So I was riding a hot couple of weeks, but there was plenty of reason to be like, he's going to go back to being the thing he was before, and he continues to look good. And again, on the road. When these guys do it on the road, your ears perk up a little extra, right, for the Rockies when they go out there and they, they find their pop. And so Elias Diaz is quickly becoming one of the players I am watching most closely down the stretch for the ride. We, we do this on a future podcast too. the five guys you're really, I mean, and not just like guys, you, you, you know, we want to watch Brendan Rogers hit a bunch of home runs to feel it, but I mean, scrutinizing, like really getting in there and, and, and picking apart his game and saying like, are you a part of this future? Are you a, a thing here? Can we, can we build around this? Can you be a, a real solid piece in this place, or are you just another catcher who's kind of fine at everything and yeah, have hot streaks and cold streaks like everybody else. And at the end of the season and just, you know, so I'll, I'm going to be watching him very closely. We also saw him batting cleanup. For yes. games. And again, if you're following at the NVR underscore Rockies or at, at Patrick D lines or at Drew Creaseman, you're going to get all of this content. It had been, it was the first time since 2017 when Dustin Garneau batted cleanup. That was the last time. Amazing. It was a catcher, right? It's insane. Went back. William Rosario did it 54 times. Everyone's favorite. Um, All others, 23 times. That's it. So William Rosario more than doubles the field. Yeah. So you got him in first. Second, Ramona Hernandez, who was sneaky good. I was over very big Ramon Hernandez. And they made that trade. I was very happy for the Rockies at the time. He's a good player. Yeah, and uh, Charles Johnson and Garneau, they had three. Then you got, what, uh, tied for fourth, Todd Green, Chris Iannetta. And the first, Jayhawk Owens. I had back-to-back days where I tweeted about Jayhawk Owens. I'm very happy about that. Jayhawk Owens can get into the conversation. Random, totally random. They're two different things. One, I I didn't. The first one didn't have to do with catching. But there you go, Jayhawk Owens, the first one in 1993. It's a rarity. And, again, for all teams, we know the Rockies have – Oh man, they've had such bad catching. All right, 
Go ahead and uh, use a supplemental first rounder on Drew Romo. Honestly, go back and look at Marlins, D-backs, Rays. They've all had pretty poor catching. Yeah, Marlins had had Charles Johnson, you know, more in his prime. But other than that, it really <laughs> no, nah, it's it's been super yeah. similar it just, all yeah. all across the board. Mike yeah. Zanino, okay, was an all star this year for the Rays. Okay, cool. But for the most part, they've they've all struggled. They've all struggled yeah. with catching. Yeah. So yeah, that's uh, yeah. I predicted before the season that they they would have catchers not bat eight, which I thought was pretty bold because the catching has batted eighth for the Rockies for years and stuff. You nailed that. Uh, but I never would have predicted cleanup. So good on Elias for pulling that off and and short. And even with a more full strength team, he was batting seventh, I think, on the right. Saturday night. Totally. So I mean, there you go. That's uh, a huge jump batting from eighth to seventh. Take it from a guy. <laughs> Who when we were talking with Goody eighth and seventh? When we were talking with Goody this week, I forgot to to relay this story once where I, I our coach was absent, and so we had the assistant coach who really believed in me started me at varsity at shortstop and DH'd for me, folks. That has never happened before. Me, yes, I was a shortstop, starting shortstop in high school varsity, and I was. DH for. Like that's uh, pathetic. And so that was where my offense was. So for me, if I was batting eighth or ninth and the next day, you know, I had a good game and I was batting seventh, I'm like, double cleanup tonight, guys. Yeah, let's do this. So that was it. That's a big deal for me to yeah. see Diaz batting seventh. Totally. Uh, <laughs> and last note on the offense, uh, another guy who's, we, we talked about him in the last series wrap because he, he's hitting these home, home runs. And when he hits them, they do stay hit. And that's slamming Sam Hilliard. Got another one today. Obviously might get lost yeah. a little bit in the shuffle in the blowout. But again, road homers, marine layer homers, California road homers. And really for Sam, like productive offense <laughs> of any sure. kind. Like he was really eating it at the beginning of the year. Like we were just talking about with Elias Diaz, but to such an extent that he had to be sent down triple a where he still wasn't putting up great numbers and there was every reason to believe that in this emergency call-up to bridge the gap between whenever Jonathan Daza could come back that Sam would go out there and hit 048 and strike out 40 percent of the time and kind of get embarrassed a little bit and get sent back to triple a and you worry you know about whether or not that's it for him really it you know his last chance to get to the big leagues and a, and a week, what a difference a week makes goes out there against some quality pitching, does some things and has us going, okay, do we need to again, reevaluate? So along with Diaz, he'll be one of the guys, whatever level he's playing at, I'll be checking in some, some topes games and keeping a very close eye on Sam Hilliard, who I was right on that precipice of like, love you, man. Great story. Phenomenal tool set, the speed and power and the whole thing, but you just go, I mean, it's not going to work out. Well, he's he's shown me something in a week, and I go, "All right, I'm not out. I'm not off yet. I'm not jumping off the train just yet." Yeah, I really, I really hope he can stick around. They can find a way to to make room for him. Daza now, you know, did uh, get activated off the COVID yeah. IL. Uh, I don't want Ryan Maltapia to hit the IL. Uh, first off, because I don't want him to be hurt. But if they just say, "Look, hey man, just." Have a little, have a little break. If it's I don't want that either. Injury, and they decide take an extra four days for some rest. I'm fine yeah. putting tap on the, the. You don't have to rush Tapia yeah. back. Yeah, 
is what you're saying, right? You don't need to. You no, need you to don't rush. need to rush him. I, I, right. I would like for him to, you know, just return of his own volition, right? Rather than say, you know what, let's let's manipulate the roster a little bit for for the timing, which again, all teams do, and that's fine. I guess just for his growth, I wouldn't necessarily want that, but it could be, you know, part of the greater good. We'll see, you know, what this can do for Hilliard. You know, his numbers right now across the season still don't look good, but a lot of that had to do with, you know, the the opening of the season. Go back and look at his his last seven games since he's been called up. I mean, even even just the last seven games, batting 273, 333 on base percentage, but the 545 slugging percentage is where you go, okay, yes. I can definitely deal with that. And we know what kind of arm he's got uh, out there, one of the best mm-hmm. in the game, which, again, people – might roll their eyes at that and hear that and go, well, come on, wait, wait. This guy that's just buried in AAA has one of the best tools in the game. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you you can't put a guy out in right field if he's going to strike out 45% of the time and you're just waiting for a ground ball to go to him. You're waiting for a runner to go from first to third. Yeah, yeah. That's – no, that, there's no benefit of that. And there, there's plenty of guys that have – one good tool, maybe even two good tools, because we know he's got the legs too. Right. He can do that. And right. you know, he can hit for power when he does make that contact. So, you know, maybe this will be something that if he's not necessarily a part of the future, because I feel like we've seen this with a couple guys where Mike Talkman didn't get didn't get that call up late in the year in 2018. Right. He was done the next year, right? Probably he's got something for him. Uh, you thought that might have been the case with Daza. He ends up coming back in the fold. So even if Hilliard's not a part of the Rockies' plans, maybe get creative and maybe you can make a trade in the off season to somebody else that says, I think maybe we could figure out a way to work with this young man. And, and for that, right. here you go Rockies. Now, you know, you got some more depth in your, your system, whatever it may be. So you hope there's a way that they can kind of figure out to, to maneuver all of those pieces here in the final two months. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to watch those guys and see, and then watch the guys managing them, mostly Bud Black and and the team there and and how they do that. So We'll have our eyes on all of that. Hey, I'll tell you one thing I've had my eyes on recently, and that's telling everybody that I know who's looking for some work. And I know there's some people out there looking for some work. Pandemic did some things. Jobs have gotten a little bit fluid out there. Totally understand that. And there's no better place to work than Evolve. 100%. I can tell you from personal experience, people I've known, uh, people in my family who've worked there for decades, not, not even just years, but decades uh, and you typically don't stay at a place that long if they're not treating you well, paying you well, and making it so that you're having a, a decent everyday experience in your life. If you're, if you're miserable every day at a place like that. You're not going in there for that long. So uh, they're absolutely fantastic. They treat people well. Uh, they, they've called it the culture of belonging, which I know sounds a little bit like a cult. Hey, DNVR has got a fun cult right here. We're the fun cult, right? They, uh, But what it really actually means is that they've got a 100% score on the co- corporate equality index from the human rights campaign, which basically means okay. that they treat everyone well. They give everybody opportunity. You're not going to get fired because of how you were born or because of what you believe or because of how you express yourself. That's what that means, basically. Yeah. Uh, and that upward mobility element, I think, is is yes. great, too, because you get locked into a job and maybe you get a you know a couple couple cent increase in in your paycheck every year or whatever but are are you making more money are you getting raises are you being promoted are you given opportunities are you given professional development right that that's why you want to sign on at, at jobs.ball.com right uh, especially 
women engineers, some of which we know, some some big friends, fans of the podcast, and then we are friends and fans of theirs, the Society of Women Engineers, uh, big supporters both ways between Ball and them. Uh, they're looking right now for technical and mechanical skills, uh, people with those skills, not just the skills floating out there in the universe, but they have to be attached to a person. And if you've got some of those skills, you're interested in how to help create aluminum cans and bottles, doing some manufacturing down here at their Golden Plant uh, learning how to do it, all kinds of jobs available. Text GOLDEN to 77222. You'll get linked to open positions. You can also go directly to jobs.ball.com and search for GOLDEN. That's jobs.ball.com and search for GOLDEN or simply text GOLDEN to 77222. All right, Patrick, a couple quick thoughts on the pitching here. Uh, the <laughs> It ended up with a couple of bullpen games, actually, today. I don't know that it was actually planned to be that way, but it's what it turned into uh, with Gomber just not having it and, and and them getting him out of there right away to just not have him eat it today. Uh, then the other one. But besides that, John Gray going well in his outing with the, the mini home run derbies we talked about, only giving up two runs, 6.1 innings pitched. The two runs coming on a two-run jack from Drake Cronenworth, who was absolutely fantastic all series for the Padres. But other than that, John Gray doesn't get dinged and going out there in a tough uh, situation, you know, uh, uh, pitching basically the night of the trade deadline when a lot of stuff was feeling weird. And, you know, we may have time to get into that today or on the next couple of shows or whatever with Trevor still being there, but not being in the lineup and not being happy and all of that. John being happy to still be there, being the one guy on record is like, I'd really like to stay. And then he goes out there and it's this, you know, weird spot. He's still going to go and, and, and pitch against these Padres, uh, sans Fernando Tatis, but still, and, and is very, very good and reminds you again. Uh, and then I'll just throw them all together. Give me your thoughts on it. We'll go through real quick. Obviously, Kyle Freeland, another really solid start. Uh, two of them on this road trip. And uh, Herman Marquez, we talked a little bit uh, about that one, him hitting the home run and having a really good start. But th those guys, you know, obviously Gomber didn't look good, but the, the dudes, the Rockies dudes continue to show you okay yeah this that this is it this part of it is real the rest of it no but this part of it does appear to be who we thought they are who we thought they were and they've been touch and go at times on the road too it's yeah. again to reiterate for anyone maybe just tuning in and if you are just tuning in curious time uh to yeah. check in on the rockies yeah. uh nevertheless uh rocky starting pitching is has been really good at home and uh, as consistent as uh, it, it can be in, in that ballpark. And it's been on the road where, you know, maybe not as much. Uh, and that certainly would be an interesting conversation to have with a lot of them one-on-one, -on -one, why they think that might be happening. And honestly, it's, it's probably more just about being comfortable at Coors Field and, and being comfortable there and just not as much as on the road because you're not waking up in your own bed. And we know all of those things, but it is strange to, to, have them be so good at home versus on the road. And here, you know, this series, again, outside of Chi-Chi, outside of Gomber today, you know, they've been pretty solid. They, they even had a bullpen day. Bullpen was really good. Um, Antonio Santos really has been a nice surprise. You know, was uh, it was Tinoco. That was the most winnable yeah. game that they lost. When right. Put, and, and one guy gave up five runs and a guy who hasn't pitched for you all year. And he's depth in an already – bad bullpen that was basically called up called up because of the one move you were actually able to pull off which is moving givens and so you've got it's like one guy blows that game for them and it's not even a guy who's been a part of the team for the vast majority of the year so 
Uh, yeah, you're right. I kind of glossed over the bullpenning game, but the rest of the, the pen was good. Santos was good. Ben Bowden was fantastic. Lucas Gilbreth was fine. A little shaky, but strikeout. I like great. the strikeout. Yeah. Again, if you too. get an uptick on that, you can say, all right, that's fine. Again, right now for where he's at as a rookie, who was a starting pitcher and had right. never pitched above high A going into the season. Reminder, there was no minor leagues last year. Otherwise, you would have seen him at double A. Right. So, you know, again, these guys are making their making some growth. And I think that it's it's been it's been positive, you know, for the most part. And maybe some of it has to do with expectations. You know, maybe it maybe it has something to do with, all right, well, we've been really bad. <laughs> so Let's not let's not worry about that. Let's not look yeah. at our ERA. Let's totally. what are you working on today? What are you yeah. doing today? And again, at times it's okay. Santos not able to get out of that fifth inning, gives up two runs. But overall, you go well, looked a lot better than he did last year at times, and looked a lot better than he has uh, yeah. in Albuquerque this year. So you go, all right, taking steps, taking positive steps. Yeah, he's reminding me a little bit actually of a pitching version of Jonathan Daza, where when he first showed up in the big leagues, you're like, this guy doesn't belong here. He's never going to be a big leaguer. This guy can't, this guy can't play big league baseball. He just, he looked awful. And then the second time he got called up, he looked, uh, it's frustrating. This guy, guy's kind of a stopgap. And then the third time he got called up, you know, so okay, I see a little bit of the potential, but still, even there, they go out and you know, they they don't even keep him as a part of uh, not DFA. Um, I guess they did DFA him, didn't they? Or was that um, non-tender or whatever? And they, they just brought him back on on a minimum deal just because no one else was going to pick him up this offseason. Just, you, know, you want to come to spring training? And now he's finally starting to show that some of his skill set can translate to the big leagues. I'll be curious about Santos if he can maybe – some of these other guys, if they can maybe figure that stuff out. But Santos – Lost cup, maybe. So, yeah. 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 So we're, we're talking about these guys doing okay – Still doesn't answer the question. Who's our draft king of the That's game? Right. Of this game. This game. This eight-one loss on the road in San Diego. Who we got? Couldn't go with the starting pitcher. Couldn't go. We could have maybe gone with Sam Elliott. We we had to go. Look, we had to go with you. The That's Rockies right. Man. For enduring this team on the road. Now, the interesting thing about this one is, is this is actually your payoff. So this is why you're the draft king of the game today, because you've endured this team on the road all season. If you're listening to this now and, and you watched these games here in San Diego, you know, interested in the outcome of the games and all of that, then you have you then you are the kings of the game. Uh, 100% absolutely, because they came in to this road trip with 10 wins on the road <laughs> and got, or nine and got, and, and got four, got four. Yeah. and got four. <laughs> it's that like is a nearly a 50% increase. That's yeah. really good. And outside of, you know, for enduring the team on the road, Rockies fans, sometimes you have to endure the front office. Sometimes you have to endure transactions Lack of transactions, frustrations. The players have to deal with that too. And you know what? You guys still stick in there. And as frustrating as it may be at times, you're Rockies fans. And that's why we love you. Right? Out there doing the thing, man. And especially the the passion I saw a lot of people reaching out during that uh, 9-4 to four win when they really were just teeing off. And you're going, what is... 
what's going on? This is great. It was like the uh, LA game that started it all. The first game of the road trip uh, was, was just amazing. Absolutely amazing. It was really cool to see people responding and, and the people that have lived through it, like you said, have really, really been through it. So that's right. <laughs> Crown yourselves kings and queens of the game if you prefer non-gender specific royal pronouns. But <laughs> uh, yeah, it was uh, it, it was it was nice to see the guys play competitive base. And as we've talked about, you know, the the young players coming through and, and doing some stuff. So. Uh, all right, last one of these for you. Illegal Pete's, fantastic stuff. You know all about Illegal Pete's if you've ever had, you know, a burrito or <laughs> if you've never had a burrito bowl, our guy Spencer will tell you all about it, how to get it with the potatoes, the whole thing. If you're more standard, if you're a boring ass person like me that just likes to eat standard little carne asada, you know, little carnitas burrito, whatever you whatever you prefer that particular day. Illegal Pizza's got you covered. Absolutely fantastic stuff. They're all around. They got one out there in Lodo. They got one just a few blocks from the DMVR bar on Colfax. They hook you up with great deals, including if you show them a ticket to any any event, game, show, whatever you've been out at. They'll hook you up with a free draft beer or house margarita with the purchase of an adult entree. They've got happy hour every day at all locations from 3 to 6 p.m. Dollar off all drafts, dollar off all house and coin style marks, $20 party marks, these big friggin' things. I mean, of course, it's for a whole party. Absolutely fantastic stuff. You know you love Illegal Pete's. I was just reminding you, it's time to go and get some Illegal Pete's. And they got they got one up in Fort Collins that's pretty neat. It's got a rooftop area that you can sit out on on a, on a nice warm day. Ooh. Yeah. They're all over the front range. I love them. I love them. It's, that's the front uh, range. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta enjoy yourself some illegal pizza, especially if you're from Colorado. Actually, no, it's almost more like if you're new to Colorado. It's like one of those things that you have to adopt. Honestly, like you've gotta, you've gotta adopt illegal pizza if, if you're new to the area. That's how you can like trick locals into thinking that that you're a local, right? Just suggest. <laughs> so if you're listening to this and you're here from out of town and and you wanna, you're like you're down at the DNVR bar with. Some new friends you just made who are all locals. You want to impress them? Be like, let's go to Illegal Pete's. That's that'll that'll get it done for you. All right, Patrick, wrapping it up today. Uh, I guess if we, yeah, we still got a little bit of time here. Probably not a lot to hash all of it out. I either have very little or very many thoughts on the Rockies at the trade deadline. Honestly, I feel like I've shared most of them on the show already. We kind of hashed it out, uh, but. Again, just putting a bow on it. Obviously, Trevor Story not traded. John Gray not traded. Nobody else traded. Michael Givens only person traded. Uh, so, although they did bring back Austin Godot, <laughs> we said it. I was like, damn, if they could have given me that one more, I would have. We, we could have come back. They and technically did the minor league thing, right? They did they, that thing I'd been talking about, but they didn't hit me up with the other big league move. I still thought they'd move Croner and and maybe the injury there. I don't know. I'll try to find out more information on whether or not there was. It was obviously not the uh, the number one topic for uh, Bill Schmidt in his press conference was not, hey, how come you didn't trade C.J. Crone? <laughs> so, I, I did ask. I was going to uh, say, you actually did. I asked about him. Uh, you asked about Chassin, the other guys, which I appreciate. Chris, yeah. Chris Owings, um, right. because, again, you're not going to get back somebody huge, but you know when you've got a, a farm system that has some flaws, maybe even you just get a, a – a guy that's having a decent year at double A and say, Hey, you know, we've got a hole in Hartford. So 
let's let's go ahead and and, and do something. Um, you know, again, doesn't move the needle that much, but I think the I think the biggest problem with it is I don't think the Rockies are, you know, really engaging with other teams. I, I think I think the other teams, you know, maybe almost to a degree lack certain patience with the Rockies. I, you saw it with the the White Sox. Uh, I, I think a lot of that had to do with maybe the Rockies having, you know, a, a very high starting offer of saying, "Hey, we want Michael Kopech for Trevor Story," and that's that's fine. Go for it. Yeah, I like that. I, I, sure. I think that would have been a fantastic deal. Um, but at a certain point, the White Sox say, "Look, it's it's not worth our time to to continue to negotiate with you because you're not moving off of this." Um, and so they moved on to Cesar Hernandez, and I think. You know, beyond that, you know, I, I'd, I'd heard some uh, folks basically phrase it in the, the capacity that, you know, if you're working at the last minute, and there are a couple of trades that, hey, the trade deadline has passed. There's deals that are done. They just haven't been announced yet. If you're working right up to that deadline with the Rockies and you're putting a lot of time and you're investing a lot of time in these negotiations and you make that, you know, trade and you say, got it. So your guys coming over to us, we're going to give you this. And then you're, you're getting, getting yourself all set for this new player to come to town. And then the phone rings again and you hear, Hey, sorry, our owner turned that deal down. I think there, that might've been a fear for, for a lot of teams is because the Rockies don't engage in trades. And so they don't go through that, that type of typical protocol. And, and I think, and I think that that hurts on both sides is the negotiating and whatnot. And I, I think that's why you, you might not have seen a lot of teams really calling back on Trevor story because it, it almost was a fruitless endeavor. Um, you, you saw what, what the Cubs ended up giving up to the Mets or rather the Mets giving up Pete Crow Armstrong. It's fantastic. They got that PCA for a package that, you know, frankly could have been a lot better uh, if, if they had gotten, Trevor Story, and maybe even Michael Gibbons. Michael Gibbons. Um, I understand the the John Gray thing, and we'll see what happens this offseason. I think it's kicking the can down the road just a little bit. But nevertheless, the Rockies could have had a gotten a really strong package from the Mets because, let's face it, Javier Baez is not as good as Trevor Story, and yet the Cubs were able to to kind of make that that deal. And that's interesting. You it's frustrating. That Baez put up a three war on baseball reference this year and Trevor Story a 1-5. So the 109 OPS plus Trevor Story at a 92. And Trevor Story's been hurt. So There have been those injury concerns, but I think since some point, actually I think since last season, um, Javier Baez has like a 275 on base percentage. So that's, that's not great. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the Mets, again, they, they needed to inject some kind of life. Um, and you, you saw them you know, working a little bit with Colorado. And again, I think, I think Colorado, I think it's okay. Go out, make some mistakes, make those trades, not to the, the financial trades like, like the Arenado deal was, but go out make some trades. And yeah, they might not be great at first and you might be criticized by the fan base, this, that, and the other, but go through that, make some mistakes, build some relationships with teams so that you can maybe make some of those quick and easy deals. We saw that with the Yankees and Rockies for a little bit, a couple years ago where they made two deals back and forth. Um, we also thank you, Raheem. Yes. We, at the beginning of the season, a lot of that and, and whether you agree with it or not, one of the reasons why I said he would not get traded is because the Rockies track record at the deadline, July 27th, 2012 was the last time they had made a move 
uh, in a down season, in a losing year outside of the Troy Tulowitzki uh, season in 2015. And so I think just engaging in that and just kind of saying, look, we're, uh, we, we are concerned about uh, how we are viewed in the industry. We know that we, I think they're more concerned about their fan base. And it sounds crazy to, to say that that's a bad thing, but I think because of how the industry views the Rockies, including, well, most importantly, the other 29 teams, that is what's hurting them more than anything. Jacob wants to know who won at the trade deadline. Easy. Do, any Dodgers. easy thoughts? Easy. Dodgers? Easy. I mean, they got the two best players, right? Every, yeah. There was a whole lot of noise, and I, I sincerely hope that everyone who bought at the trade deadline wins the World Series this year. Uh, but uh, the Dodgers, the National League West and the National League, and in my mind, the Major League Baseball season was won and lost in the hour when Max Scherzer was going to go to the Padres. And I, I said this on a recent show, that was going to totally flip me on the Padres, maybe make them my favorite to win the World Series. Um, obviously, I didn't know it was about Hamilton Tatis. I mean, I, I was about to go full in on the Padres if they landed Max Scherzer. Yeah. He's very good. <laughs> it, it would have been the exact same thing of when the Astros got Justin Berlin. Exactly. And exactly. you go, yep, done. That's go it. ahead, put him in. They I, did the, I did that then, actually. Yeah, I, I actually, yeah, yeah, I predicted that because it was like, yeah, duh, they're already, yeah, you add that, and there it is. Um, And so when that didn't happen, and then the Dodgers picked up Scherzer and Trey Turner, I went, Dodgers just won the NL West, probably the National League and the World Series. They're the best team in baseball. That's what they so so if they don't win, it's because like in these other years where they haven't, something happens, they fall short of a hot nationals team gets them. That can always happen in baseball. It can always happen. But the Dodgers, it sucks to hear. And a lot, lots of teams have lots of bold things that were fun and, and cool and interesting. And 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 I get it. Like, but it's the Dodgers. So no, you're right. You're a hundred percent right. I think the next biggest like star package, okay, Rizzo. Gala for the Yankees, but they needed some starting pitching and they didn't necessarily go out and get that. And, you know, getting rid of Luis Sessa and Justin Wilson right. was kind of, I, I, I wasn't exactly a big fan. Um, I think the Brewers did okay with what they got. Like every team made a deal. There was, it was, it was a seller's market, right? So a lot of teams were really able to load up. Toronto did a good job getting Jose Barrios. Um, I think one of the better, trade deadlines was was actually the Chicago Cubs. Now, they had the trade capital that the Rockies didn't, right? They had four superstar players, whereas the Rockies probably had one and a half, right? To the Rockies, John Gray's a superstar, right? And you, and you get that. Um, industry, maybe he's halfway there. So the, the Cubs had that um, much more to trade away. Um, the and then guys who are literal all-stars, if we want to put it like that and, and split hairs, right? Yeah. Four literal all-stars, uh, whereas the Rockies had one all-star. And I'll give them a little credit there for, for John Gray being a, uh, a really solid piece. And so it makes sense that they would have gone from, you know, a, a mid to low 20s farm system all the way into a top 10 farm system which is what I've, I've been seeing. Mainly the big deal being Nick Madrigal. They get a major league talent, a guy who was – maybe not destined for rookie of the year, but was in the conversation really before good. he I went like down that. for the White yeah. Sox. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's huge. That was huge right there. So that's kind of the goal at the trade deadline is, all right, look, this season is lost. We're not going to do it, but how can we make a move that in three, four or five years, 
maybe even six, seven years, we look back and go, man, our team is really, really good. How did we get all of those players? Let's go back and review the 2021 trade deadline. And that's one of the reasons why the Rockies um, across the board, you know, were, were given an F or, you know, did one of the worst jobs because they've really just failed to, to do that and, 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 and to understand that, look, you can improve your club years and years and years ahead. And they, they didn't exactly do that. I mean, they, they will with the compensation pick, right? Like, okay, they'll, they'll get better. But even if they get a college kid, that's still going to be four or five years until they really start to contribute to the team. So kind of the message I think that the Rockies sent it inadvertently is, yeah, it's going to be five years until, you know, we have the core and maybe, maybe the core is here and maybe the core surprises and does that, but the Rockies themselves high school, the last two years going ahead and, and preferring the compensation pick rather than a guy who's already in a system at low a high a, whatever it is, they prefer something younger, something that will take longer to develop. That's part of what they're communicating here uh, with what they did at the deadline. Story, where do you think he goes? Uh, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, J Jacob wants to know, uh, where uh, what's the perfect team for Story to go to if he, you know, if he just has his and we're over time, but our guy Jacob, man, super chats, super we, chat. We got to talk about it, yeah, super yeah. Chat. We, we will not wrap up the show if you're super chatting. I should maybe I shouldn't tell him that. Oh, no, <laughs> I know it's a Sunday night. Come on, no, that's true, um, though. It, we, we'll be fair if you super chat it, yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's one of the interesting things actually about this, this particular market and, and everything that was going on right here now is I'm not sure that there is a perfect fit for Trevor's story. One of the things that that's why we kept hearing this stuff about how, you know, if the White Sox did acquire him, they were going to move him to second base or even the wackiest one, obviously with the Giants <laughs> potentially moving him to center field. But we were hearing a lot of that kind of stuff. Like if the Yankees were going to move him, they were going to have to move people around. Maybe he plays third base for them, all this other kind of stuff. And so I don't know that right in this moment, you know, there there is a perfect fit for him. He's going to have an interesting choice in front of him once he does uh, become a free agent, which will almost certainly happen. And, you know, it's, but it's kind of funny, like you would have asked, uh, <laughs> It comes in with ready to pull an all-nighter, boys. Uh, you're the best, Jacob. Uh, seriously, we really appreciate you, man. But, you know, you might have said, hey, Nolan Arenado is a perfect fit on this Cardinals team right now. They're going places. They're the Cardinals. You know, they're always going to do things. They could use that one more star hitter. They have this young pitching coming up. And that's what I thought. I thought the Cardinals are going to win. The NL Central is a pretty safe bet. They do it all the time. You would have thought they would have fought big at the the trade deadline they along with the rockies are some of the consensus big losers at this trade deadline for basically hanging around 500 and you're the cardinals like surely you can and if not then go the other way and start moving and they also just brought in a couple of veterans that john you're not they didn't move the needle really at all and there's Ahab, yeah and the um the the talk really ratcheted up about nolan arenado taking that opt-out at the end of the year, because, well, I'm sure when he went there this year, he had World Series in his mind with these Cardinals. You look at him right now and you go, with the talent in the National League, with how good the rest of the National League is, Cardinals aren't going to – I mean, you never know with that team. But 100% he does not opt out this offseason. Mark it down. Now, remember I've always that – against the opt-out. You know I've always – Well, said he's had, he has an opt-out after 2022. So – 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, you know I what mean, the CBA is, right? That's yeah. the better. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You don't walk uh, away from that. But you go, you go, hey, where does story go? And Drew, you said you don't know. I agree. We don't know. I don't think we know. I don't think we, we've seen what teams are going to do in the offseason. Um, you know, Trevor Story, he may, you know, if he has a down year, he might just sign with somebody. Do, do what Marcus Simeon did. Said, hey, totally. I'll sign a one-year deal. I'll go play with Toronto. I'll play second base. Yep. Maybe Story tries center field. I don't think that'll be the case. But teams can go ahead and make moves. Uh, the Angels, they're going to need a shortstop after this year. I think Iglesias is a free agent after the season. So, you know, Nationals, they, they need a shortstop now uh, after dealing with Trey Turner's going forward. So we, we really don't know. And, you know, Jacob said, or, or, or our boy uh, Raheem said, Rangers? And you go, why would he jump from one team that's under 500 to another? Yeah. I think there are different situations. We could talk about that another day. But that's not crazy. Obviously, it's a fit with him being yeah. from Texas. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think those are all. Yeah, we'll we'll keep our close eyes. And Drew, now's a great time to end the podcast. I know. Except Jacob has got another super chat here. Love it. Uh, we we already we already we already touched on our wrestling thing. Favorite wrestler of all time. Also, you, Jacob, you got to go back and check out. We did a we did one uh, with uh, with our guy. Oh, Cormac Battle? You're talking Cormac about- Battle. Why did I draw a blank? I'm, I'm thinking of his Twitter yeah. handle. Yeah, yeah. Our guy Cormac Battle is an all wrestling show. I dressed up like Hulk Hogan, mustache and all. Yeah, full on. Uh, and and so so we did that. We we we've drafted wrestling teams and stuff like that. For me, uh, Macho Man, Macho Man, Randy Savage also played baseball. Gotta love that with yeah. the Cincinnati Reds minor leaguer. Yeah. Uh, so Randy Macho Man is my favorite wrestler of all time. You like AJ Styles? Yeah, can't go wrong with that. Yeah, AJ Styles fantastic. Um, and Drew Gobbledygooker, right? The Gobbledygooker, that's correct. Yeah. Nailed it in one. Doink? No, Doink. Uh, Kane, <laughs> Kane was the one that got me into wrestling, yeah. basically. When I was you know, a kid in the 90s and I had seen it on TV and there was always that age-old question of, isn't it fake? Is it whatever? And I still didn't know. Like, was it? purporting to pretend to be real which made the whole thing much hokier to me and then i saw this dude walk out in a mask and he was shooting fireballs and i was like oh they're obviously not pretending this is real this is like the comic <laughs> books that i grew up reading yeah. right when i saw kane and the mask and the superpowers and the whole thing i was like this is like a live action and it is actually that's still one of my favorite ways to describe professional wrestling it's a live action one take comic book with stuntmen and actors, stuntmen slash actors, right? That's what they do. So yeah, Kane, who's your number two? Mysterio Jr. I was gonna say you. You've mentioned I, I didn't know the answer to that. I'm trying to remember. I'm like, ah, oh, shoot, who's your guy? But you, yes, you definitely have said Kane a lot. Yeah. Um, but Mysterio, okay, I haven't heard you talk too much about him. Yeah, I mean, maybe big, a little bit, a little guy, bit. Big luge guy in general, and that that one may even be more of a, a recent thing because I've always loved Ray Mysterio Jr. Appreciate I, the career, right? You appreciate the career, and then it really helped relaunch because going to a local show that was billed on Ray Mysterio and uh, my now fiance Caitlin, you know, took me to this show. She wanted to see what it was all about. We might have been the only two people in the building who did not speak a word of Spanish. Uh, at Chavo Guerrero was there um carlito was there and then obviously ray mysterio jr was the was the big and the whole thing was like this big celebration of eddie guerrero too um decade 
after he he passed. And it was just a wonderful night of music and colors and dancing and, and, and wrestling and the whole thing. And that's when Katie really fell in love with taking pictures. That was her first time taking pictures at one of those shows. Then she wanted to start going back to local shows and that basically ignited our entire, and now she she's basically the official photographer of three fourths of the main of Denver world, of Denver of yeah. Denver wrestling of Denver wrestling. Basic, and, and I get to go to all those shows, and that's how I'm at Cormac. And now he writes at Purple Row, which is this great small world, you know, situation. And uh, but yeah, so that that Ray Mysterio helped totally reignite like a real love on a on a visceral and local level for the art form. And I called it, yeah, I called it that. Uh, yeah. Those are my guys. Yeah, this, those are some good ones. Those are definitely some good ones. Yeah, thanks for asking. Did you number two? I knew you're, I knew you're macho, man. So do you have a number two? Do you have a uh, modern guy? Samoa Joe's awesome. CM Punk, yep. These guys are great. No, I think when we drafted our, like, uh, our team, I drafted Jericho, CM yeah. Punk, which was a late addition, and, yeah. and Hogan, I think. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, timer. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess Hogan. I mean, not that I'm. You know, I told. I'd still mark out for him. Are you, are you kidding me? So yeah. I mean, it would yeah. probably be be Hogan, but not like I I root for him actively. You know. Yeah. Nice try, Raheem. <laughs> right. <laughs> I I so appreciate the attempt. I do. Uh, uh, that's fantastic. All right, Jacob, we really do appreciate you. Thanks for the super chats. Remember anyone, you can force us to talk about basically whatever you want. If you throw a little bit of super chat our way on the YouTube, otherwise you can always just join the chat here on YouTube. Make sure you're subscribing. Todd, of course, Undertaker would be weird to have this conversation. Not even say the name, the all timer. Uh, so yeah. Uh, get here, uh, click the bell icon. You can talk to us about baseball or pro wrestling or whatever it is we're doing by the end of the show, having fun, help direct the conversation when you're here live with us on the YouTube. Of course, you know, to subscribe to the dnvr.com for all the written content, all that stuff, the discounts, hang out with us in the Discord channel, getting the free shirt, the bigger beer at the bar, all that kind of cool stuff. And, you know, to follow everyone on social media, at Drew Creaseman, at Patrick D. Lyons, at dnvr underscore Rockies. Thank you all for continuing to be absolutely awesome baseball fans out there. We promise to continue being absolutely Patrick Lyons, Andrew Creaseman in here. And until next time, we will see you at the ballpark.